Good morning. Welcome to the Bonds Under Morning Services. I am Jesse Lee Peterson. Thank you so much for being with me and happy Thanksgiving to everybody and their mama. I uh, hope everybody had and good morning again here everybody and happy Thanksgiving to you. I hope you had a, a good, good Thanksgiving. I did. My Thanksgiving was interesting. I overate. I ate all the wrong food and I overate all the wrong food. It was so good, that's why I ate it, but it was so wrong for you. So bad for you, you know? Macaroni and cheese and collard greens and cornbread and candy yam. And when they make yams now, they put those white things on top. Marshmallows on top. And I don't know why they do that. Because they're already sweet enough by themselves. But uh, it was good. I, uh, I, uh, I want to talk about compassion today. But I'll get to that in a minute. I, went, I just got back yesterday from uh, Indiana. Um, I had to go back there. I left on Tuesday, went to Indiana. I got back yesterday. And one of my aunts, or aunts, it all depends on if you're black or white. Do black people say aunt? I mean, white people say aunt or aunt? Aunt. 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 I say aunt. You say aunt? aunt. Both. Yeah, it's A-U-N-T, right? So if it's A-U-N-T, why do y'all say A-ant? Yeah. <laughs> huh? They leave out the U for some reason. Yeah, they leave the U out. But, so it's all depending if you're black or white. Aunt or aunt. Expired, she was 82 years old and she had cancer, so she expired last Thursday. Not this past Thursday, but the Thursday prior. And so they had a funeral on Wednesday. And it was uh, one that I was pretty close to. I used to stay with her sometimes when I would go to Indiana from Alabama to visit. And I liked staying with her because she only had one child and her husband, and they had a lot of money, and so they had good food at their house. And so <laughs> I was like, I, I like to stay with her because they had steak and chicken. Where over my mother's house, there was like nine kids. And there was little food, and they never had steak. And my brother told me, he remember I used to say that all the time, and it used to make him mad. <laughs> I used to go back over there and say, oh, I had chicken and steak last night, right? And uh, so she was very nice to me, and I went to her funeral on Tuesday. I left here on Tuesday. And uh, I have to tell you, it was so cold back there. It was absolutely cold. My skin dried up. It was so cold. I must have given like brittle, you know, that stuff. Hands turning white and scaly. And uh, it was like, it's, I told him, I said, it seemed like God is trying to punish y'all or something with this cold weather. It was so cold, it made you want to curse sometimes. And it goes right through it. The moment you walk outside, it's just freezing. And they said, well, no, this is not bad. <laughs> They were like, this is not bad. It get worse. It go below zero, you know, and all that. And so I asked God to do me a favor while I was there. And he said, well, what is it? I said, um, don't let it snow while I'm here. And he said, all right. And it did not snow. And as a matter of fact, the next few days, the sun came out. It was still cold, but it was a bright, sunshiny, brisk, like cold, you know, brisk just not really dark like it was when I first got there. So you can ask God to hold the weather back for you. He will. <laughs> and 
And I told them, I said, I asked God not to let it snow while I'm here. And they're like, no, it's going to snow. It's going to snow. I said, no, it's not going to snow. And it didn't snow. And so I just they believe me. Uh, and also I was going back there to, to uh, visit my father who has, he's developing or he has Alzheimer's disease. That's how you say that? He has that. And they put him in a convalescent home because he, well, they say he get violent with his wife at times. And he doesn't remember things. He doesn't know if he's at home and all that kind of stuff. And so they put him in a convalescent home. So I wanted to go see him before he totally forget about who we are completely. And I went there for that, too. And I had a chance to spend a couple of days with him. And he is, he's 81, I think. He's going to be 82 in January. And uh, it was very interesting visiting him because he, when I walked in the room, he knew who I was, but he, he couldn't remember my name. I'm like, do you know who I am? And then he'll try to remember my name, but he can't formulate it. It won't come for some reason. That's kind of weird to see somebody trying to remember your name that knows your name, and they're trying to put all this together but they can't get the information. But he just said, you're my son from California. I know who you are, but he couldn't think of the name. Even one of my sisters who go to see him all the time and live there, he couldn't remember her name either. He knew that was his daughter, but he couldn't remember her name. And so I visited with him. I, you know, I sat there one day and I just kind of looked at him because he rambles on about stuff. He had no idea what he's talking about. He doesn't want to be at this place, so he's constantly packing. <laughs> and his wife said he did that at home too because he didn't think that was his home so he would go into the closet and take everything out and pack it and say he was going home and then he would move it from downstairs to upstairs and back downstairs to come pack it so whenever I went to see him at the convalescent place he had his things all packed on the bed I'm like where are you going he's like I'm going home I gotta get out of here I'm a preacher I can't stay up in here I'm like, no, you're not going home. Yes, I am. And he thought for sure he was going home. And that was interesting. It was interesting to see him ramble on and on about nothing, you know. And you don't know what he's talking about. So I looked at him. I just kind of stood apart and looked at him to see how I felt about his condition. You know, what I felt about it emotionally. And I, I didn't really feel anything about his condition. Of course, I wish him well. I wish, you know. I prefer that he can communicate and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I didn't feel sorry for him or anything. You know, I was, I was so grateful, and I am grateful, that God gave me the opportunity to work everything out with him before that happened. You know, I went to him some years ago and said that uh, I was uh, sorry for hating him for being so weak and stuff like that. And so we... For the last 25 years or so, we developed a really good relationship. And so it, it felt really nice looking at him with losing his mind like this. And then I, I have no anger toward him, no disappointments. I don't feel like I need him the way a son would need a father or a, mother, a girl, a daughter would need a father. And that was like so nice to see that. And... And so I tell you that to say that if you hold any grudges against your parents or anybody, I would quickly go and let it go. 
because you just never know what tomorrow is going to bring. And a lot of people don't do it, and then when they can't do it, when they can't forgive, go to the person to forgive, they feel all disappointed, and not even judging themselves for that. And so, but it felt nice to not have anything against him at all. Not at all. And he's kind of funny, too, in his craziness. Well, he kind of liked this beforehand. Uh, my dad is a preacher, and he doesn't believe that women should be preachers and things like that, should be in a leadership role. And so my sister and I were sitting there yesterday, uh, Friday talking to him, and my sister get irritated at him anytime he speak about the role of man or the ro- and the role of women, right? She doesn't like that at all. She just kind of get all mad. And so he was kind of talking crazy in his head. And so I said, Dad, her name is Anna Ruth. I said, Anna Ruth going to be a preacher one day. <laughs> I said, you know how those women are. I said, she's trying to do, you know, become a man. She's going to be a preacher. He started cracking up. I mean, we're laughing so hard. <laughs> and Annie said, that ain't that funny. <laughs> it was so funny to see him remember that and laugh about it, you know. So I had a good time with him. Um, I do have to say my family members are crazy. All of them. <laughs> Not one sane one in the flock. <laughs> And I have truckloads of family members, you know. And the reason that they're like that is because they are angry. They have a lot of anger. Now, if you met them, they seem like some of the nicest people in the world. They'll give you, they'll feed you. They're very polite and nice people. You know what I mean? And everybody and their mama go to church. They know the Bible, and they, they really enter the church and all that kind of stuff. But they're all angry. All of them are just angry. And they got this thing where they don't tell each other the truth because they don't want to hurt each other's feelings. And so a lot of things go undealt with because they won't, they'll say it to somebody else but not to the person that they're mad at. They think that that's cruel to do that. Oh, I don't want to hurt their feelings. I'm like, but you're mad at this person. You need to try to get this worked out. But we were raised like that not to really offend people. And to tell people the truth is hurting their feelings. And I have to tell you, it's caused a lot of damage from generation to generation because that stuff goes undealt with and it's hitting in the hearts of mankind and they end up destroying every generation. I'd rather tell you the truth and see you be hurt for a minute than not to tell you the truth at all. That stuff just grows and grows and grows and you hold a grudge against people. I, I was on the program to speak at the funeral and I said to them that... Um, you know, since being here, I've talked on the phone and in person with most of you here, a lot of you, and this anger is, is crazy. You got to let this anger for one another go because God said we should love one another, even love our enemies and treat people the way we would like to be treated. And telling the truth without resentment is love. And it's, this anger in this family is bad. It really is bad. It's awful. And it's making everybody fat, because they're all overweight, because when you're mad, you eat a lot. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> food is real good, especially soul food. And so, you know, I just told them, you got to forgive. You must let it go. And they like to talk, but I don't know if they understood it. 
but they did like what I had to say about that at the funeral. Uh, one last thing, because I can go on and on about this. I have to tell you, I'm never going to travel again without a bodyguard. Because on this trip, I went by myself because it was a nonstop trip from uh, L.A. to Chicago. And then I got my rental car and just went down to Indiana. And uh, the very first night I got there, I got into a fight. The, I'm like, can't I get here at least? Well, what happened, my... Well, I'm not going to tell you exactly who they were, but they were close to me in the family. One of my cousins, I went to his house. I was invited over for dinner. Well, just, yeah, for dinner on uh, Tuesday night. That's the first night I got there. And um, so me and another cousin, cousin went over there, walked in, and my cousin that I grew up with, his son and his wife was there as well, right? And I've never met his wife before, never seen her. I heard about her, but never seen her. So we walk in, we greet, and then he introduced me to his wife, my younger cousin. And so we greeted, and right away she started in on me. You know, when I was talking to my cousin about the good old days, how, what happened when we were growing up, she was like all making faces and stuff and, and just carrying on. And I tried to ignore her at first. And then I said to my cousin's wife, uh, the older cousin, the father of the son, wife, if you, I asked her if she knew how to cook. I said, I've never seen you cook. You know how to cook? You know, we just laughed and played about that, right? No big deal. And then this girl, her daughter-in-law popped up. Um, well, first what happened, she kept interfering with my life, you know, coming. So I finally said, what's wrong with you? Are you crazy or something? Because she just making faces. I said, is there on your mind? And she said, I heard about you. I know about you already. And I'm like, what does that mean? And I said, okay, whatever. And then so my cousin, I saw her talking again, and she got in my face again. And I said, look. Uh, she said, you said to my mother-in-law, could you cook? She had those uh, afro braids things. That, yeah. And she looked hard. She was short. and looked like a militant kind of a black woman. One that I would never marry. You know. <laughs> she did. I'm sure. I'm not exaggerating. She was like hard looking. And I said, uh, so she said, you said to my aunt, do you cook? And I'm like, look, nothing wrong with that. I know her. This is my, sister, my cousin-in-law. You shouldn't have said that to her. You know, I said, look, you better stay out of this. I suggest you stay out of it. And so what she did was she came and got in my face like she wanted to fight. Like we were on the Jerry Springer show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. She was like, oh, in my face. I said, what is wrong with you? She said, is this the way the Republicans act? Or something like that, she said. So she was mad at me about being a Republican. She had already form, formulated this opinion about me, right? And I said, what does that have to do with anything? And she was like, I'm telling you, she was like, and they were trying to hold, stand between us. <laughs> I said, look, and it went on for a few minutes, right? I said, look, you guys better get this helper out of my face. <laughs> and it was over once I said that. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm glad you didn't hit me. We'll be, I'll be staying back there for another funeral. <laughs> yeah, I was going to turn that cheek all right. 
And, uh, <laughs> and so what was so interesting about it, and this is the sad part about it, my cousin, who is older than I am, and his son, who is her, is her husband, were absolutely afraid of that girl. They would not correct her. They would not tell her to back off or anything. They were afraid of this girl. And it was sad to see that, right? And so when I would call her helpful, they like, you need to apologize. And <laughs> so I'm not apologizing. There's another word I would like to use, but since I'm in your house, I'm not going to use that word. So I'm just going to stay with Heffa. And they're like, no, you need to apologize. And, she, and uh, she said to her husband, you're going to let him treat me this way? You're not going to do anything about it? And Brian, well, I just said his name. Poor little cousin. He's 30-something years old. He's not like a, a, a baby boy, right? And he came over to me, and they called me Punchy. He's like, Punchy, you, you better stop calling my wife names. <laughs> You better party. I'm like, Brian, go sit down. It was so weak and so pathetic. I said, Brian, you need to, you need to, won't you stop your wife? You need to take control, man. But his father and Brian were both afraid of it. So I wasn't going to apologize. So my cousin said, well, you're not going to apologize. You got to leave, right? I said, okay, fine. But she's the one that needs to be leaving because she started the whole thing. She was all up in my face like Jerry Springer want to fight. But they were absolutely afraid of her. And that's the part that made me sad. That's the part. And then they told me later, well, somebody close to them told me that she's like that. She dominates the family. Everybody's afraid of her. And they're afraid to say what's on their mind to her. So they'll say it in the family, but they won't say it directly to her. And that this is the first time she's ever been confronted like that. Isn't that amazing? (laughs) I'm like, how you let this woman run around? Nobody should be terrorizing the family like that. But they're afraid. They don't want to hurt her feeling, and they're afraid. And so we had the funeral on Wednesday, and she was not on the program to say anything. And um, right at the end of the program, the funeral program there, they were, uh, you, you know how you do the announcement, thank everybody for coming and, you, and read the cards and things that you get. So this, this usher lady was coming down from the front to read the cards. She jumped up and ran and took it away from the woman and took over that part of the program. And she wasn't supposed to be doing it. And, and, and no one would say anything to her about it. And so later, instead of them dealing with her, they apologized to the usher for this woman doing that. Isn't it sad? Yes. All in the name of Jesus. <laughs> That's how they function. And it's the saddest situation I've ever seen in my whole life. And, she, and during the service, she would not sit down. She was just up and down, running around, and coming over to her husband because we carried the casting in, so all the guys were sitting on the front. She kept coming over there and just acting out. So I'm thinking maybe she's she mentally ill or something. But they are afraid of her. And I'm telling you about my experience with my family, but it's not unique to my family. It is not unique. People will not speak up now and tell the truth. They'll rather do it behind the back where it doesn't solve any problems rather than confronting and dealing with it with love. And I tell you this because you got to change from this. This is not the way we're supposed to be living. Not at all. And those type of people, when they are not dealt with, they get worse in life. 
You know, they just, they get worse. They don't get better. And we got to be honest with one another. We really got to be honest with one another. Just be honest. Tell the truth. Because you, you may be able to help somebody. Don't be mad at them. Don't hold grudges, but tell the truth. In family, everything starts with us first, and then in families, and then it goes out into the world. But it's not happening. And I don't even want to get into the thing with my father and his wife and his other children. I'll be here all day. And another thing I noticed is there is no re- resolve to the issue, no solving the problem, because nobody want to get together and really deal with it. And then they want me when I'm there, they're running me crazy and trying to get me to have meetings with everybody, work out stuff, but they won't do it with one another. And I said, you know what? I can't live for you. You got to live for yourself. Isn't that amazing? But they're some nice people, so if you see them, don't be mad at them. Because <laughs> they'll feed you. They're very nice folks. They go to church. And I'll, I have, well, I ain't going to tell you that. Let me stop telling all my little family business. Uh, we were supposed to have a wedding today, but no, we made, we made the announcement on the radio. We're going to do it live, but no, <laughs> they, they didn't get the uh, marriage license in time for today. So we're, we're going to do a nice Sunday, hopefully. And I know someone was expecting to win today. I was too, but they really tried to get the uh, license and didn't get them. So next Sunday, we're going to, if the Lord is willing and the creek don't rise, we're going to do a live wedding. Isn't that something? So next Sunday, all right? I tried to find a funeral to do today, but I couldn't find anyone that was dead that would let me do the funeral. <laughs> so we didn't have the funeral instead of the wedding. I just couldn't find any dead people. <laughs> so what? Funeral and a wedding next week. As soon as my mom finds out, oh, <laughs> she gonna pass out. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I've the... been in contact with my dad's side of the family. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, she, she gonna? She, she just doesn't know yet. And she's... so they're all coming. Oh my god. <laughs> so you'll have a wedding and a funeral. This is the couple that's gonna get married next week. Yeah, uh, Kenneth and his wife. <laughs> wow. So that's gonna be interesting, huh? This will be she... fun. <laughs> And she won't know until she gets there? She won't know. Yeah, exactly. Wow. All right. <laughs> I'll bring my gun with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations again, and we, we'll have some fun next Sunday. So you should have it next week, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. We just couldn't get it this week because the baby got sick. Right. I didn't want to pull her out. Oh, okay. Uh she was real lethargic, and she had diarrhea, vomiting. No, no problem. Okay. We can do it next week. Yeah. Uh, did you ever talk to your mother and let that anger for her go? I, I, one out of two isn't bad, right? <laughs> <laughs> I had to talk. Um, it's kind of hard for me to let it go, to be quite honest with you, because when I said, you know, I wanna just, I've been talking to a, my pastor, and I need to forgive you and my dad, and the first thing that came out of her mouth was, I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, And it was just kind of like, yeah. well, can't you just sit down and listen? She didn't want to listen. She put all the blame on my dad. Of course. But I can say I've been in contact with my father 
he was e- it was easy to forgive him because he knew he he quickly saw the error of his ways. Yeah. So it's a little harder with my mom right. for me to forgive because I I don't understand how come she can't you know look at the error of her ways e- even with my daughter. I'm sorry, I don't mean to cry. That's all right. I understand how you feel. Um. I had to sit down and talk to my daughter and tell her, you know, if I ever made you feel bad or if I ever did anything to hurt you, I'm sorry. You know, I, I, I don't mean to. And I just don't understand how come my mom can't do the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Well, the one good thing about it, that one good thing that God did, and I love him for this, is that he made it possible for us to forgive them, even if they don't admit that they're wrong, even if they won't talk about it or anything, once you forgive her, then God will forgive you and make you free. She has an ego. If what you're telling me is true, and I do believe you, she's too prideful to admit that she's wrong. And that's not your responsibility. Your responsibility is to let it go so that you can be free and not pass that same thing down to your children or, you know, make it difficult for your marriage and things like that. So you can walk away free and let her stay in her hole if you want to, and you'll be able to deal with her with love now. You know, once you forgive her, you could be around her and not be around her, but you will finally be able to move on with your life. Just realize that she can't help it. She's so angry. She's in denial. She doesn't want to see her faults. But that's not your issue. Your issue is to let it go. That's a good thing about it. He said, forgive, as you forgive others, I will forgive you. So, you know, just let her know, you know, I resented you for this stuff, and I see now that you can't help yourself, just as I can't help myself, and I'm sorry for holding against you. And you can be done with it. That makes sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. I'm just having a hard time. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Yeah, no problem. I'm just having a hard time with the forgiving part, because I just, I... I can't understand how come she can't come to the realization or the terms of what... I mean, we... Parents... All parents do something to their kids, yeah. you know? Yeah, And I just don't understand how come she can't sit down and listen to how I feel or... You know, that's that's the hard part for me. And it's hard for me to forgive, and I'm 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 really trying. It's just... It's really hard. It's it's even getting to the point where you, you were saying earlier, you know, you have that person in the family who runs the family... That's my mom. And nobody says anything to her. You know, they'll say stuff to me. Yeah. But they won't say anything to her. Yeah. And so it's coming to the point where I'm that person that's telling her exactly how I feel and what I think. I don't know if it's getting across or not, but I I feel like I'm not doing it to help her. It's more uh, in the keys of resentment. Like, you know, I feel like you should know all of these things, and this is how you are and who you are. Yeah. So... Well, she can't, literally, she can't help it because she has this spirit that's driving her. And she doesn't want, the reason she can't sit and talk to you, and I'm repeating myself here, repeating myself, is because to hear any truth from you about her is painful to her ego. And she's not ready to die from that yet. She's not ready to face that. She would rather sing you to hell before she admit that she's wrong because it's painful to that nature to admit that it's wrong, and she is so identified with it, she thinks that it's her. That pain that she feels, she thinks it's her, and she's not ready to face that. 
And if you can, that's why it's so important to be still and pray so you can get to understand yourself. And if you can understand yourself, it will help you to understand your mother. Then you will forgive her. Once you can see that she can't help her just as you can't help yourself. And God will, and see, forgiveness is not something that you can do on your own. God has to make that happen inside of you. With your willingness to see that you're wrong, he will cause you to forgive. Because forgiveness is a spiritual action, too. And in, with, th- with spirit, spiritual things, we can't do anything about it. We can't make another person change or not change. We can't change ourselves. We can't go from evil to good. We can't do any of that stuff. And all that he asks is that we see that we're wrong. And he would do the rest. So forgiveness is not something you can make yourself do. So don't even try. You're just apologizing for holding a grudge. And then God would do the rest for you. Because when you say that it's hard to forgive, I know what you mean. Because, and the reason that it's hard to forgive because you cannot forgive. Of yourself, you can't do it. It's a spiritual action. That's why it's hard to do it. You know, folks say all the time, I want to forgive, but I can't. You know, I forgave, but it came back. And they never forgave because it's something that God has to do through you. That makes sense? It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so don't try to forgive. You just want to apologize for judging her for the way she treated you, you know, growing up or whatever. That's all you need to do, and God will do the rest. Are you doing the prayer? Uh, no, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. you now. We have it. <laughs> You're not doing it? No, we haven't. We What's suffering? I think, I don't even, what do we do with this CD? It's not we, it's just you by yourself. Oh, I don't know what. <laughs> where, you that. threw the prayer away? <laughs> no, I didn't throw it away. It's under all that dust in the corner. But by the no, corner. it's not in the dust in the corner. It might be with the bills. <laughs> <laughs> it might be in the bill pile. <laughs> so you don't pray. You got to sit still and pray. So that God can like enlighten you and take over. Really, this is something you will not be able to do on your own. And, and that's the truth. You can't do it on your own. He has to, once you sit still, you're going to start seeing him in you. And then he start guiding you. And then you'll find that right moment with your mother. It, and you'll deal with it perfectly and it'll be done. But you cannot do I tried for um, 38 years to forgive on my own. It did not happen. So I really want to encourage you to pray, especially now you start, you're about to get married, and, you know, you have kids and stuff like that, and you're going to be hating your husband after a while, you know, because the morning after the wedding, you're going to be wondering, why did I marry this one? <laughs> <laughs> did I make a mistake here, you know? And both of you are going to need God to guide you. And so I urge you to pray because you want what's right, I can tell, but you can't do it of yourself. That makes sense? It makes a lot of sense. You want me to give you another CD today before you leave? Thank you. All right. And then if you lose this one, you have to pay for the third one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Yeah, make sure you get one before you leave, the prayer CD. Okay. And make sure you do it. Just do it, and it'll all work out. That's what's so nice about life. When you just pray, it all works out. It really does. And there's nothing in life that you cannot handle because now God is guiding you instead of the darkness of your imagination, instead of the hatred in your heart and all that kind of stuff. So make sure you pray, all right? 
Oh, well, thank and, you. And start doing it today. So next Sunday, we have to fight up here with your mama. We'll be, <laughs> we'll be here to do it. And don't wait on your husband to pray. You, this is your soul salvation you're trying to, you're working on it. And no other person can do that for you. Okay. So even if he doesn't do it, you still do it. All right? Kenneth, are you doing the prayer? Oh, uh, okay. The one that I taught you? I pray every day. They, the one that I taught you? Uh, I got my own prayer. Uh -huh. Not the one that you taught me. I tell you weren't me. But I, I, oh, I, 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 ha I have took a peek at it, though. You did? Yes. Why don't you do both? You That's why I can't find it. Because uh, he, he lost it, huh? He, he took it. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I'll give you your own. Okay. But, Kenneth, you got to do both. Do your little hooping and hollering prayer, yeah. and then do the quiet prayer, too. And you'll see which one to go with. I am. Um, I mean, I pray when I wake up. I pray daily. So yeah. even when my even when she's not praying, she's being prayed for. And, and how do you pray? Um, I mean, when I wake up, I say uh, I say my prayer. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the prayer out the Bible, and then I start just talking to God until I'm done. You say the Lord's prayer. Yeah, I say the Lord's prayer before I say anything else. Right, that's a good prayer. And then um, you know, I, I just start talking to God until I'm About done what? talking. Just like, about, oh uh, Lord, help me through the day. I ask him to guide me throughout the day. Yeah. Um, let his will be done in my footsteps. Uh, yeah. Watch over my family. Let us all make it back home safely. Oh, good. That's good. Um, but do that and do the other one, too. And the reason I want you to do the other one, because I want you to discover that he will do, he, he loves you, and he already has those things set in motion for you. And all he wants you to do is to have faith and receive it and live it. You don't have to constantly remind him. And he gave us the Holy Spirit so that the Holy Spirit can intercede on our behalf. Right. And I want you to enter into that kingdom within so you can start living from it. Because he says that when we pray, we don't know what to pray for. Right. We don't yeah. know what to ask for. We know not what to pray for. So you may be praying for the wrong things, even though they sound good. You know, I hear you say that. That sounds nice, you know. But he may want you to be praying for something else. And that's why he said, be still and know him. Let it all happen. He, he, you know, we don't have to be doing this because he gave us a prayer, a person to pray for us, to intercede, to do everything on our behalf. And so we have to let go. The more you let go, the more this other life will take over. Right. That makes sense? Yeah, I know the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So do that one too. Do both until you are able to see the one to do. And then... I'm telling you, man, it's just going to change for you. And your heart will change, and you'll be able to have your desires without even asking for them because you're in a state of constant prayer when you, you know, connect with him. Right. That makes sense? That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so do both, and uh, make sure you get your own prayer CD. So if he take it to work, you can't say, oh, I didn't pray because he took it to work. <laughs> And congratulations on your job, too. Thanks a lot, man. It's been a, a, a blessing. I got this is the best job I ever had. Right on. Um, I work for that? Nestle Waters, by the way, everybody. So what? I, I work for Nestle Waters. Yeah. So um, I've been delivering water all over the place, all over Los Angeles. Wow. Um, congratulations, it's, man. It's great, man. It's great. It only gets better if you stay on track of doing the right thing. Right. It, really, it only gets better. All right. I'm staying the course. Right on. That's cool. I'm glad. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> yes, sir. I just wanted to say 
Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on one minute. I just want to say I've been doing that prayer, and it's just it's meditation. It's just quietness, and and I'm I have my own voices that are like here. Right. But when I finally can, I I actually added something to your prayer. I added at the beginning. I cast out the demons, the anger, and the pride in the name of Jesus Christ. And then I start the meditation. Yes. And I focus, and um, I'll, all my voices are angry and prideful, and I want to do. I got This is what I got to do. This is what I got to do. But once I can silence those, I, something just comes in and just tells me something very peaceful. And it's quick, and it's like an idea that I would not want to do. But it's a peaceful idea, and like this morning I had one, and uh, it's about the other pastor, and I, I want to. I'm going to talk to him, and I'm you know I'm angry, and I'm thinking about all the things I want to say to him. But this voice said, don't think about that anymore. Don't think about what you're going to say to him because you're just wasting your time. Yes. It's, it was fast. It just said <laughs> that. It said, be his friend. Yes. And I would never want to, I was not thinking that way on my own. <laughs> I understand, so, man. If you just do it every day, you're not going to get the answer every day. But if you just do it, and there, I don't know, This it was like that. A peaceful voice will come in once in a while. If you can just quiet yourself. I'm just, you know. So I love that's, that. That's what I'm. Uh-uh-uh. This is what I'm thankful for for Thanksgiving, to hear this kind, these types of testimonies. You're absolutely right, man. And stay with it, stay with it, stay with it. And you only, it's just going to only get better. God is going to reveal the kingdom of heaven to you right here on earth. He really will. I'm very impatient. I'm very, I'm very impatient. I'm very, you know, I don't, I don't do it for very long now. I don't, I listened to the audio the first couple of weeks, but now I'm just, Fine, but but you know yeah. when it happens, it's great. And the, and the reason you're impatient and you don't do it long because that ego cannot sit still. It has to be busy. It has to be talking to you. It has to be hating someone or, or judging. It cannot sit still, and that's why God said for us to be still so He can deal with that. It will die in stillness. It hates stillness. That's why it's constantly talking to you and make you remember things that happened a hundred years ago and try to make you mad about things that are over with because it cannot handle stillness. The worst thing for an ego is stillness. It's, it's that quiet place where it cannot dwell. Isn't that amazing? So that's why, so right now, it understands it doesn't want to die. It doesn't want the light to shine on it. So it's just acting up. And that's why you can't sit still. But you, you'll grow into it. You know, you'll learn to sit still more and more and more. And then after a while, it'll pass, and you'll be free. And one last thing. I just, I've had about four, three or four debates now with people, an atheist and other Christians. Yes. And I'm just calm now. I don't, I don't get the anger anymore. I, I, yes, sir. I hear what they're saying, and they're very accusatory towards me. Yes. But I say, well, that's not how I am, so let me tell you how I, you know, I'm, I don't allow them to use the accusations against me anymore. Right on. And it's, cal- it's very calming now. I can actually keep talking with them, and they're a bit befuddled. <laughs> but, but I don't mean to do that. No, I, just, I know. I just, but what it is, it's the light and the darkness coming together, and the darkness cannot handle the light. And so they're overreacting to that, but they think it's them, it's not, it's that spirit, and the dark spirit that made a home in, 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 within them, and they are just overreacting to the light that's in you. That's all going on. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you're being mean, or you, you're just cruel because they can't handle it. You're being as nice as possible. You're yeah. telling the truth. And they can't handle it because the darkness cannot handle the light. And that's why when you sit still to pray, God will reveal the light to you that is within you. 
and then the darkness has to go because it cannot dwell in the light. Isn't that cool? Yeah, nice. yeah, so stay with it and don't force yourself, but, you know, sit there and let, you, let the body act and do whatever it's going to do and just know it's not you and that's why that spirit be gone. Mm-hmm. It can leave just like that. All right? I love that. Amen. Yes, ma'am. You had your hand a while back. Oh, never mind. I think when I was talking about my folks, my kinfolks, how they acting out. Yeah, well, my question was, you know, as you were describing it, I think, you know, we all have people like that in our families. Yes. But what's the, you know, there's a fine line, or how do you see the fine line between, you want to not, uh, you know, you mentioned how in your family, uh, nobody would tell this kind of bully everything or any, yeah. anything because they were afraid. But then you also have to draw the line somewhere. You don't want to be in everyone's business, you know, because there's also the opposite of that where people are always, you know, going around. You're essentially judging everything that everybody does. So, you know, there's a line in between there. And, and so how do you do what now? Well, if everybody always told everybody what they think they're doing wrong, wouldn't everybody just be judging everybody all the time? Oh, I see what you're asking. No, you wouldn't be. Because one thing about waking up, you're not going to always be correcting folks. You know, you're going you, to let a whole lot of stuff just pass, and you're not taking it personally. You will only correct people when God give you the words to say, when he encouraged you to do it. One, one bit mistake that Christians do make, some, not all, they learn the word, and they go around correcting everybody with the word. And that's not from God at all. Because God wants us to have compassion. Compassion. Have compassion for people. And when you're always criticizing them, even when they are doing something wrong, you're not having any compassion for them. That is judgment. But you're, you're supposed to only do it when it's given to you to do. And that's when it's love. And then sometimes they can accept it. Sometimes they won't, but at least you're not all, always on them. And you, you can hang out with them, and they still can be screwed up, but yet you, you can have fun with them without always correcting them. That makes sense? See, we want to be guided by, by God in all that we do, in all that we say, in all of our actions, and in all of our ways. We want him to guide us, and he will once we enter into that place within. He really will. That's why you got to let that happen. I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring or the rest of this day. This has been the most rewarding year of my whole entire life. It really has. I've gone through a lot, but I feel as though I've not gone through anything. And I realize that everything that I've gone through thus far is what I needed for my life to bring me to see something else and to understand and to grow. And so it has been, I mean, just a fascinating life this year. More than what, and I thought last year was good, but this year made last year look dumb. <laughs> so far. And believe me, one of the days I'm going to write about all this stuff, but I've dealt with a lot of stuff this year, but I'm a better person for it. Absolutely a better person for it. And at the time, it doesn't look like you're going to make it through or look like there's something you want to hold on to or whatever. Don't do it. Because once you let it go, then you grow. You learn about yourself. 
Not even about the other person or people and things or whatever. It's about you. And God is always with us trying to teach us about us. He wants to bring us closer to, to him. He wants us to love one another, have compassion. And we get that by being closer and closer with him, having a, a perfect relationship with him. And so that's what's cool about it. Let me take this young man, then I come to you. Yes, sir. Um, I, I'm just uh, was curious that uh, after did you, uh, did you tell those folks that, hey, you know, you guys are scared of this angry woman and she's uh, controlling every, all of you guys. And was there anybody that receptive? Did, is there, was there going to be a change as a result of there going to be the same thing? She's going to rule everybody through anger. I, I, didn't, I didn't get a chance to see them anymore because of running around. But uh, I'm 100% sure they didn't say anything to her because they're literally afraid of her. I saw that uh, Wednesday morning at the funeral. She's had, you know, nothing had changed really. Now, I don't know if they would ever change. Only God knows that. And maybe that little incident that happened there and the way I dealt with it could inspire one of them or all of them. I don't know. But for right now, I, I, I just don't see the change. What I realized, too, is that in the black community, especially but not only, most black boys and girls are raised by a single woman by the mother, she has the most influence, and she has done it, she's raising them with anger, and it's just kind of weakening everybody. They grew up to be weak adults because of the influence that has been passed down from their mothers instead of the fathers being around to do that. And what, one thing that mothers tend to do, and not all, not all, not all, mother will hate the other family members but she won't go and talk to them either and work it out, you know, set that example for her children. She'll talk about the family members behind their backs, and the kids will hear that and see that, and they're going to pick it up too and doing the same thing. Whereas they had a father and a mother together and somebody did it the right way, then the kids would grow up stronger, confronting when they need to and not gossiping about someone when they're not around. But I noticed that the adult men are just like the women. They are, as a matter of fact, it's making the women worse because women hate weak men, right? Hate men that they won't defend them and stand up for what is right. And it's just bringing out the worst in the women, each generation. But that is coming from those mothers and fathers who will not deal with life in the right way. And it's, it's bad. It's awful. Because right now, everybody and their mama got babies. There's a whole bunch of babies running around with no fathers. And it's pretty bad. Yes, ma'am. I was wondering, is it right to um, talk to God during the day? And like if something happens and maybe you're grateful, say thank him? or Yeah, I wouldn't talk to him during the day. I'll wait until at night when he's asleep. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's fine. Anytime you want to talk to God, you can talk to God. But it's better to let him give you words to say. And I say thank you sometimes. I have this cell phone, iPhone that they have forced upon me. I didn't want one. I had an old phone. But I got an iPhone. So I, I used the map quest thing on the iPhone to get around. And from the airport to down in Indiana, I used that thing. And I couldn't see where I was going. It was so dark and all that. And when I got there, I said, oh, thank you, God. You know, you got me here. That's cool. Yeah, but 
God doesn't want us to be praying all the time with words because we don't know. We're so selfish as human beings. We don't know what to pray for. We can be praying for the wrong thing. Well, what if you, if during the day you just say, God, help me get through this, if there's some problem? Don't put much thought into it. Yeah, say it. Yeah. Okay. I don't want you to hold back from words. You know, I'm not saying you can't say anything, but I'm just encouraging you to, to learn to pray, pray in stillness and quietness so you can kind of let him take over and guide you. But, yeah, don't worry about that. If you want to say thank you, God, all day, just say it. Okay. Or, you know, whatever. No, don't, don't live like that. Whatever comes to your heart to say, you say it. That's why I told Kenneth, if you want to pray with the words, mm-hmm. but do both, you know. And then after a while, he won't need the words as much because the Holy Spirit is going to kick in and pray for him on his behalf and his family. But yeah, use words if you want to. Don't be saying, you know, uh-oh, Jesse told me not to use words. And I would like to say thank you, Lord, but I'm just not sure. Blurt it out. That makes sense? Yeah. Yeah, I don't, don't, I don't want to put any restrictions on you in dealing with God. Okay. I, I just want to point this straight and narrow path where he can enter in and lead you, you know, the rest of your way. Mm-hmm. That makes sense? Yes. Yeah. Good. Any other questions? No? How's your daughter treating you now? You came back for Thanksgiving? Yes. Oh, she must be treating you right then. Yes, she is. Uh, so She's learned a lot since she's been here. Oh, good. Like what? Give me an example of a change that has happened. Well, she stops and thinks before she, you know, says what she would, she'd really like to say, you know, but right. she'll tone it down or whatever <laughs> like that. Yeah. Right on. Mm-hmm. And are you changing too? I think so. I you, think so. You're not sure? I think I have for a long time. Oh, okay. I can. You've apologized to her for the error you made with her. I think I have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, good. I'm glad she's letting it go. Yeah, yeah. Right on. Well, happy Thanksgiving to you. Thank you. Where do you live? Uh Temecula area. Oh, I see. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, get... we're happy. Thank you. I'm, I'm thank glad you. that things are getting better. They should be getting better. You like your son-in-law too? Oh, I, yes. Uh, yeah. No, I, <laughs> no, no. He's the life of the party. <laughs> he's a Republican. He's a Republican. You like Republicans? Uh, I'm a Republican. Oh, okay. I think all white people are Republicans. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're rhinos. Yeah. Well, good. Thank you so much. Thank you for um, asking. Uh, I'm sorry? I said thank you for asking. Oh, yeah. You're welcome. I, uh, I'm about to run out of time here. I, wanna, I wanted to ask about compassion. Uh, how many minutes do I have left? And we've been talking about compassion already, to be honest with you. How many of you have compassion for others? Everybody except Mary. <laughs> you don't know if you have it? I, I don't know if I have it because I, I, I do. Sometimes people are doing things and you say, oh, well, maybe you could do this and that could help. A little louder for me? When, when people, uh, you, you know how you, if you feel something when they say, oh, well, this or that, and then you say, oh, well, maybe you could try this or that, and they, 
they know they don't want to try this or that. So then they keep suffering. So I don't know. I kind of lose my compassion. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Do, do you have compassion? At times I do. Not, time. every, not all the time, though. Oh, it comes and go? Yeah. <laughs> and what, de- <laughs> what determines uh, what happened that causes it to go? And then how do you know who to have it with and who not to have it with? <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes the people that I don't have it with in one, one moment, I might have it with in another moment. So I don't know, honestly. Oh, but you just know it comes and go. Yeah. Well, I hope I don't get in your way when it's gone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Where the, uh, what is compassion? Being able to allow someone to make a mistake and not judge, judge them to death. That's not judge com- them, period. That's what compassion is? I think so. And you're not, not able to do that at a time with some people, you judge them to death? Yeah. Oh, okay. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, let me ask Kelly. You have compassion, Kelly? Yes. And what is compassion? Uh, understanding other people and that, that they face the same exact challenges that you face. And do you have it all the time or does it come and go? Um, I think it's always there. I really do. Oh, yeah. okay. It's always there. How about you? Yeah. Wait, hold on one minute here. Uh, you have compassion? Yeah. I for have everybody? Compassion. For everybody. Even for the liberals? Uh, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> not so much for the liberals? No. Uh, no. And why not? I don't know. They just, they don't understand. They don't get it. They don't want to hear facts. Um, and that's why you don't have compassion for them? Yeah, they don't want it. They don't want to <laughs> know the truth, even if the truth is right there in front of them. Uh, <laughs> you know? And so. so you only have compassion for the good folks. Um, I guess so, yeah. <laughs> just, just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you can't, what is compassion? Compassion is um, uh, thinking for, for the other person and, and not for yourself. Understanding um, them or trying to understand who they are and the way they are. Um, and trying to be accepting of it. I like that is, definition. Which is hard, but... That's very, very nice, man. Yeah, and you just don't, but it's hard for the, with the liberals to have that. Yeah, for me. Yeah. I don't know about everyone else, but um, just since Obama's been in office since 2008, I get all these emails, and you just get really, really upset because of... Oh, okay. You well, know, everything you that's going through and passing and... If you can't have compassion for the liberals, you don't have it for anyone. Yeah, that might be true. Because God, God said that we should love our enemies. I know. And compassion is love. Um, so, do you do the prayer? You pray? Uh-huh. You pray? Yep. You pray? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, you do the quiet prayer? I do your prayer. The be still and know? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because you got to love the liberals, too. They, they are blind and can't see. And if they can do better, I used to be one like that, so I understand it. Yeah. If they can do better, they would do better. And your compassion can help them to see some of them in some cases. Because they're they only doing what they see to do. 
Yeah. If they could do better or differently, they would. You were a liberal at one point, right? Uh, I voted. I was. My family loved JFK. Yeah. Um, Give me so a quick answer. Have you, because I'm tired, have you ever been a liberal? Uh, no. Yeah. Well, I guess I was a Democrat at, at one time. Yeah. We voted. And for you Clinton. would want someone to have compassion for you because at the time it seemed like the right thing, right? Yeah. Well, that's how they feel too. I was young and dumb. Right. You know? Same thing. So. Yeah. So have compassion for them. Ask God to give you for all people. That doesn't mean you don't speak up. Okay. But you want to treat everybody the same with honesty without judgment. As you said, thinking of them and not of yourself. Okay. Yeah. Be honest without judgment. Did you have something you were about to say something? Oh, one, one moment here. Yeah, no problem. Well, my definition of uh, compassion is to be sympathetic towards someone else's uh, problems and want, wanting to alleviate them. So I wanted to make sure that I had the right definition, so I actually looked it up. Yeah. So I think my compassion is situational. I think sometimes people will put themselves in a situation no matter how much you try to help them. I believe your name is Mary. She was kind of saying the same thing. If you're trying to help someone and they continue to want to do the same thing, right. you, don't, you don't have that compassion for them anymore. But now you see some a, a homeless child, you know, that's kind of... Compassion would dictate that you let it go. You know, once you try to help them and they don't want to accept the help, then compassion let them go because that's what compassion is. It's not imposing your help upon someone or being mad at them if they don't because want they it. Won't we, right. And see, I think that that's where I am. Yeah. You know, I'll give you the help, and if you don't want it, then I'm going to go away. I'm not going to necessarily be upset because you didn't respect yeah. my opinion or want don't my help. Don't be mad about it. Right. Okay. Here's why I asked this question, too, is because I heard a talk show host recently talking about compassion. And there is this thing now, and I make this real fast because of time. Uh, uh, there's this thing now concerning same-sex marriage and abortion and stuff like that. The people are saying to us, we should not even discuss social issues anymore. That we should have compassion for the homosexuals and their boy, the baby killers and things like that. And, um, and not, we should just cut out this discussion. And I, and I realize that these people are wrong. We should have compassion, but compassion is tell you when you're wrong. It just doesn't allow you to hold it against you, you know, another person for being wrong. But compassion is perfect love, and love is telling the truth without resentment in hope that you'll wake up. And I'm thinking, it's not us who are, who are imposing on them. They're imposing on us. They're changing the laws and changing the things for our children and everything. And so we're just going to have compassion and sit back and say nothing? That's not compassion. Compassion is the ability... And, and I agree with what everybody said about it, but it's the ability to see what's wrong but not resent what's wrong, but deal with it with love. And, and we all know homosexuality is wrong. You know, it's absolutely wrong. Abortion is wrong. And so they're trying to shut us down by saying that we don't have compassion by, because we disagree with it. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. And because it sounds so nice, this word compassion sounds so nice, a lot of people falling for it, and they're starting to shut down about it. And, and see, Satan is a deceiver. He really is. And he can use all kind of words and all kind of anything to deceive us. And we got to wake up so that we won't be deceived. You know, with the kind of word, because compassion means one thing to us and a different thing to them, to the, to the uh, children of Satan. 
and they want to usher in what they want. They want to change the standard of society. They want to change the order of God, and they're using our words against us. So just be aware of that. It is a spiritual battle between good and evil, right versus wrong, all right? And I encourage you to pray so that you can see what's going on instead of being deceived by what's happening. We need your financial support, so appreciate your tithes and offering, and let me hear from you. And thank you all for coming as well. Appreciate it. For more information, to purchase a copy of this program, or to make a donation, visit us on the web at bondinfo.org or call 1-800-411-2663. That's 1-800-411-BOND.